Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Thanksgiving. Oh, so good. I went to the East Coast and I got to wear all my favorite beanies. Wow, that's nice. Yeah, it's really nice. It's my best look and I really don't get to take advantage of it here in LA. I so. love that. My I have an egg head, so I can't. <laughs> it's my worst look. So it's really nice to be in the presence of someone who had Oh, uh, you said it like head. it was a medical condition. Yeah. You're like, I in fact have an egg head. You find that out real quick when you put a beanie on. You're like, oh no. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It's bad. How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. Um, my Thanksgiving was lovely. And then my high school reunion was the day after. <gasps> and that was surprisingly therapeutic. Really? It was. So I went into this being like, look, I never, you know, it doesn't matter. We're all adults. If I don't like someone, I don't have to like sit next to them in English or anything. So it'll be fine. We'll go. We'll check it out. And if I don't like it, I'll leave. And surprisingly, like all the popular kids were coming up to people being like, hey, did I, was I mean to you? Like, no. did I bully you in high school? Seriously? <laughs> yeah, it was super sweet. Um, all the kids that I thought were like too cool to even ever talk to, that's how they were acting. And then my favorite part of it was when I was standing there with my, with Mike, with my boyfriend and this girl comes up to us and she was super, super popular and beautiful. And I was like, she probably doesn't even know who I am. She starts talking to me being so sweet. And I was like, Mike, so-and-so won best body at my high school in our senior superlatives, which is like, first of all, insane. That's that so, such a crazy award to yeah. get teenagers. Are you kidding? Best body? Best body. So, so many problems what? 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, also, maybe an LA thing, but I'm not sure. Um, but then she was just like, oh my God, like, I'm so embarrassed. I was on yearbook and I like sort of probably rigged the votes. Like she said it as a joke, but I was like, did you rig the votes? <laughs> you were like, bitch, what? And then... I started, you know, I got pulled away into a different conversation and Mike kept talking to her and she told this story about how like the cheerleaders bullied her on MySpace <gasps> with like a sex doll and like took a picture with her name written on it, like with a noose around her neck. And then, Holy and shit. I was like, this is crazy. Everyone was going through a tough time. <gasps> and then Mike shared this story about how I got fake ass to homecoming on my car senior year. And I walked into my economics class and like all the boys started started laughing at me because it was like a joke which I was just very like you all need to get laid like you know like this is not about me this is about you but I would it was and she was like oh my god I had no idea and I just felt very seen and I felt like everyone had been to therapy and was like much nicer which is very cool profound and like emotional and like unexpected high school reunion scene yeah that was I would if that was on tv I wouldn't believe it I talked to this kid who's playing um minor league baseball he's like a really good baseball player and he was always very nice but like you know, a little bit misguided. And when I went to talk to him, I was like, oh my God, the girl who won Best Body just talked to me for so long. And he goes, you know, I used to want to sleep with her, but now I want to just have a conversation with her. No. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, this is wonderful. It was, wow. I, I really was like, everyone's an asshole. No one oh changes. Oh my God, I'm so happy. Yeah. Yeah, when I heard you were going, I was like, oh, I am stressed. Like the idea of a high school reunion yeah. does not sound like fun to me. It sounds like it's just going to be revisiting all of those 
bullying right. type situations, but in a bad way that's yeah. worse instead of being like the cheerleaders being mean to you. It's like everybody who has a higher yearly salary than you is yeah. mean to you or like, oh, you have health insurance? Like, yeah, cool. that was, I don't. I mean, I don't mean to sound like an <laughs> asshole, but that was the other thing. Like so many people still lived with their parents, which like no judgment, but I was like, wow. I mean. That was unexpected. Uh, we're all, like everyone is having challenges. Yeah. You know, millennials got fucked is what yeah, I'm trying to say. Exactly. So, yeah. That is really cool. I also, really I'm getting a kick out of imagining this girl like opening up to Mike about having this bullying situation in high school and then Mike being like, yeah, um, I totally hear you. So this terrible thing happened to Alyssa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was also really funny and I was very proud of myself because, you know, I used to have really bad trust issues that I've been to a lot of therapy for and, you know, this girl is like gorgeous and she, who knows, we were all drinking. She was very like putting quite a few hands on his shoulders and stuff <laughs> and sort of like hanging on to him and I could see it happening from afar and I was like oh my god best body is like really into Mike and I thought it was so funny and he came over and he was like hey uh did you see that I didn't do anything and Aww. I was like no 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 like I think it's hilarious that this person is took a liking to you yeah and it was like a big moment for me to be like you don't have to you can trust people you don't have to like yeah. police every situation yeah you know? and see also the humor in it like yeah. there is a there is a couple of situations like that where you're like oh, this is way more funny than yeah. it is like worrisome <laughs> Um, and it's going to be fine. And like, LOL, he seems very uncomfortable. <laughs> so it was good. It was good all around. Did you win time. any superlatives? Oh, no. Oh, my God. I won nothing. I'm telling you, like, I asked Mike afterwards. I was like, what do you think the general consensus on me was from talking to people that I grew up with? And he was like, I think people were like, underrated she was underrated and I was like that's a good place to be you know Uh, I don't have to apologize for bullying anybody and people are kind of like oh yeah I know you went to high school with me and that's that's a nice safe space to be I like that that's a good review I won uh, most likely to be on TV. Well, there you go. They were right. <laughs> so they figured it out. We went back and looked at some of my superlatives in my yearbook, and they were pretty spot on. I mean, like most athletic was one of those guys was is like in the NFL. Wow. Uh, most likely to be famous. She, the girl who won that, is actually a pop star now. Holy moly! Yeah. So it's like. You know, yeah. We, people had a sense of things. I wonder <laughs> if uh, Peter had ever gotten a superlative. I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We also had at our our superlatives most likely to be on a reality show, and like our oh. and like the sloppiest kids got it. That's so interesting. Yeah. We should have them on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call them up. So yeah. speaking of bullying, do we want to segue into yes. Real Housewives of New Jersey slash Real Housewives of Orange County? Yes, because uh, through all of my years of enjoying and watching these shows I think that that word gets thrown around a lot but Mm -hmm. always with a very it's always very heavy Mm -hmm. and when one housewife accuses another housewife or wives of bullying it suddenly is like leveling up it becomes a lot more dramatic and it's not just them fighting it's like no she's a bully Mm -hmm. and finally this week when I was watching so much of it I was like do I know what bullying means really I don't even know if I know the definition because at one point they accuse Jennifer of bullying the one you hate. Jackie. Jackie, because they take a video of Jennifer doing a mean impression of Jackie, mm-hmm. which feels like cyberbullying. It feels like real life bullying. She's making fun of her, like physically making fun of her. That seems pretty black and white to me. And when Teresa and Jennifer are accused of bullying, Teresa goes, well, you say shit that I don't like all the time. Yeah. That's bullying. <laughs> 
And I was like, I is that bullying? You just say shit that I don't like? Yeah. I like, girl, I don't think that's bullying. And then that led me to be wondering, like, what? So then what is, what is, what exactly is bullying? If it's, ugh, tell I me, Alyssa. I don't know. I think, okay, so the situation in this episode all of the women sort of ganged up against Jackie Mm -hmm. um so I don't know if that that falls to me more into the category of bullying where it's like there's an unfair advantage like you're left helpless to defend yourself because you're against so many people but I don't know I I have a tough time with this idea of bullying because I'm like people are just assholes I don't know that we have to put like a specific label on what kind of asshole they're yeah, being. Yeah, because bullying, when I think of bullying, like we're talking about in the high school sense or right. middle school sense, is people really like victimizing each other. And yeah. there is a subject that, like you're saying, a group of people is making fun of. I just, it's hard for me to buy into these women are bullying each other if they are arguing like you guys are just having an argument you're calling each other names and you're you're everybody's in this big fight like I will say I think the story that best body girl told us about a group of cheerleaders blowing up a sex doll and hanging a noose around it with her name on it that's bullying that is bullying (laughs) that's like straight up that's like another level of you know fucking with somebody exactly that's Uh, like dark and effortful and these housewives like screaming at each other and spreading rumors I don't yeah. I think they're just trying to like grasp at straws to be noticed yeah you know? and but they're trying to use it as this like theme in the season because they talk about uh one of Jennifer's daughters yeah. being bullied at school and right. they say uh, they tell this like very sad like story they threw food at yeah she was like yeah. they're throwing food at me and it's like that is shitty she's in like fourth or fifth grade yeah. these kids are throwing food at her and Jennifer's like, well, if my daughter's being bullied, then like I certainly don't want to be a bully example right. in her life. And I'm like, well, I feel like that's what she's going through is like very real and tr- traumatic. And yeah. what you're going out to dinner with your girlfriends and just like kind of calling each other assholes. Yeah, and I don't I, think they're comparable. I think the difference between that, I think like once something, once a prop gets involved, like a food or a blow up doll, <laughs> that's like you, that's, you're sort of premeditated. You took it to another level. If you're just talking shit, I think there's a difference between talking shit with your friends and bullying somebody. Yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. I, uh, well, and on this note, let's segue into from the OC talking about, I also was like, do I know what defamation of character means? Because... Sure. Seems like everything is. Yeah, every it's just like so. If I just call you an egghead, am right. I is that a defamation of your character? I don't character? think so because I just called myself you called yourself an egghead, an egghead. So it's confirmed. But <laughs> so the Tamra and uh, who, who's the other one? Tamra and Shannon. Yeah, are being sued and Vicky, right or no? No, just okay. Tamra and Shannon mm-hmm. because Tamra and Shannon are being sued by Jim Bellino because they went on a podcast and quote unquote. Def- Is it defamed or defamed? Defamed, It's defamed his character because it's defamation, defamed his character. And he's suing them and they made it sound like it's a very aggressive lawsuit. But I'm watching it thinking this entire television show and all of its franchises are are on the foundation of people being mean to each other and saying shit about each other and shit talking, as we're saying. So I Googled it. And defamation of character is if it's something you're saying to a third party, usually publicly. Mm -hmm. So in this example, the podcast and the podcast audience. And it's something that you're like an action you're accusing them of doing Mm -hmm. as opposed to just like calling them a name or saying that they are mean or they are a certain characteristic. And that uh, that accusation has to affect 
their like business. Right. And so it's like there's so many different boxes you have to check before you could like sue somebody for this, I guess. Interesting. I wonder if now I'm like scared to say any sort of like hypothetical example. <laughs> Please nobody sue us. Yeah, no, no, We're no. We're just we having can't fun. Take it. Please don't sue us. We have no money to be sued for. No. Um, but I I'm wondering like you probably have to insist that that is true, mm-hmm. right? Rather than just joking around about it or you know, hypothesizing about it. Cause like, for example, Jim Bellino, he was a husband of someone who used to be on the show. They opened like a trampoline room, you know, those things where you can go like play dodgeball on a trampoline. Yes. So if you were to say like, that's really a front for drug dealing or whatever. And like you were insisting that that was true. I'm not insisting that's true, but I think that's sort of what Tamara did. Yes. Um, Then that's defamation of character because that affects his ability to have a business for children. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, wow that example is it kind of all tied up in a bow yeah they accuse each other of shitty things all the time like (laughs) what's her face pushing her mom down the stairs is like pretty savage thing to accuse someone of this reminds me very quick sidebar and if it's not too graphic we'll put it on instagram of last year my brother took his son who is a toddler to one of those trampoline places right and he took this video of him and he texted me and was like do not feel bad for laughing at this. Oh, I yeah. laughed at this. I want to share this with you so you can laugh at it. And it is a America's Funny Home Videos level video of my little nephew bouncing on the trampoline and then landing and bonking oh, his no. head so bad. He just like whiplashes back. But it is objectively very, very funny. Really and funny. there's something very funny about like a parent being like, you have permission to laugh at yeah. this because it is so freaking hilarious. But yeah. even at the time I was like, why do these businesses exist? Like a room of trampolines. Like how do you not get sued all the time yeah. to bring it full circle? You probably circle? like sign your life away when you go you really must. walk in there. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else Real Housewives related? Oh, I wanted to talk about the horses scene. Okay, so in New Jersey. Okay, I have a a, a, a hypothetical (laughs) question based on the horses. Okay, so they went to what? Jamaica? Jamaica. And they, (laughs) whoever decided to sign them up for this, God bless you. It was genius television. Mm -hmm. They get on these horses. All of these New Jersey women get on these horses and they have they wear like a little life vest and the horses go like neck deep into the ocean. Yeah, the horses look like they're about to go full blown underwater. I do think that PETA should like maybe check this out because it didn't seem like the horses were okay. No. <laughs> I'm laughing at it because it's funny television, but like I like I do enjoy horses and I want them to be fine. Yeah. Um, I, and when you see when you see even in like a sandals commercial for right. Jamaica and you see like a little honeymoon like man and woman on a horse on the beach they're like little hooves are barely in like the yes. water no these horses were like as if we were trudging through a river for war yeah <laughs> like they were being swept away by the rip currents almost it did not look like fun it looked scary so what i wanted to say is they some of the horses pooped in the water <laughs> yeah. and there was quite a few shots of the floating poop and <laughs> they pooped in the water pretty early on right and then they mm-hmm. like continued to go further into the water away from the poop and then Jennifer falls off the horse and everyone's like oh my god like she's gonna have to take antibiotics like this is disgusting it's poopy water whatever now my question to you is isn't the entire ocean poopy water because many animals live there and they all poop in the water so what is the difference between a horse pooping in the water and a shark pooping in the water? You know, 
Alyssa, you ask the hard hitting <laughs> questions. This is journalism. Yeah. I don't even think it should be considered a comedy podcast. Um, <laughs> I do think you're right that that the entire ocean is, in fact, poopy water, mm-hmm. as you say. I think that they're, yeah, no, you're right. You've got, you've really got a good point. I have to admit, I would also be completely turned off sure. by swimming near, because horse poop is like, Clunky. gigantic <laughs> yeah disgusting. and it looks so much like human poop that mm-hmm. you're like oh god I don't want to be swimming near this this is not glamorous yeah but yeah you should write a letter you should write a tweet you no should get I was at just them. wondering like what happens to all the other poop in the ocean and why doesn't right. it give us like skin infections you know true that's well, all <laughs> fish poop is definitely very 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 small right, right. I have a fish named Robert well, Robert like, Herchevec and he poops in his tank right. and I don't see it what about like a whale though or like a sea lion. <laughs> oh yeah, sea lions probably poop like horses, right? When you started this podcast with me, did you ever think we'd be talking about all the poops in the ocean? I really, really like blew my mind just now asking about whale poop. Like Ugh. whales must take gigantic. Poops. I imagine it as like a spray of diarrhea. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Anyway, I just wanted to check in on your no, feelings. No, that about makes that. sense. That I I really hear you. And now for all these reasons, disgusting. I'm out <laughs> on horseback riding in the ocean. Perfect. Um. Ooh. So we have a great guest this week. Yes, we have an amazing guest. He came on to talk about who wants to be a millionaire, Dan Peral. Mm-hmm. Um. So. This podcast obviously is supposed to be about the women in reality TV. We made an exception because we like Dan so much. And Dan really wanted to be on the pod. Yes. And and he's just so sweet. Yes. And <laughs> How can you say no to Dan Perol? His story was very good and entertaining. You guys are going to hear it in a sec. But I just wanted to say, um, I looked up, you know, I was just curious how many women had won the million on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Yeah. Turns out only one woman has ever won the million. <gasps> on who wants to be a millionaire. And it got me thinking, you know, just something to think about in general with TV. Like she won in 2003. The people who wrote the show, I wonder how many female writers there were who were like writing the questions for the show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder, you know, what kind of, how like their bias affected the topics that were asked on the show, whether that meant certain people that were like-minded had an advantage from what they were interested in. I don't know. I'm just throwing this out there. I think that's a really smart question to ask because that makes a lot of sense. I used to feel that way watching uh, like watching Jeopardy and there was this like kind of musical Jeopardy Uh spinoff when I was younger and my dad would watch it and my dad seemed to know all of the answers all the time. Yeah. And I do remember thinking, well, like, of course, these are like such dad questions. There was just like classic rock things and certain certain genres of questions. that I'd be like, oh, of course, my dad knows this. This is dad stuff. And it's probably people like him who were writing the questions. Yeah. And then the contestant like selection process, I also wondered like how that affects the odds of how many women will win the show. So, you know, we're just sliding our themes of our podcast into Who Wants to Be a Millionaire as we talk to Dan about a dude that actually won Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. (laughs) Also, um, because it was about a dude, we had to rope the most important woman in my life into the podcast, which is my mom. So you guys will hear a fun phone call. um, with my mom who was recovering from being like in a twilight procedure from the hospital but she did great she did very good she was mostly just sleepy she nailed it mm-hmm. she really nailed it so we definitely figured out how to work a wonderful woman into this segment also I just want to say that I worked in a fuck Boston um, <laughs> in the interview so shout out LA shout out Philly 
<laughs> I rep you guys till I die to our podcast detriment where I make our guests uncomfortable. Because our guest is a big, big Boston guy. Yeah. <laughs> big Boston guy. But yeah, we got to stay true to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. We Makes rep sense. our teams. We rep our cities. Okay. <laughs> Nobody wants to come on here and talk to a sellout. So you're welcome, everybody. You're welcome. <laughs> Anything well, fierce. else? No, let's get, let's just like get rolling into some who wants to be a, a millionaire. millionaire. <laughs> now, join us from New York for who wants to be a millionaire. Uh, today, we are very excited to welcome Dan Peralt as our guest. Dan is a comedy writer and an actor, and he's also a hilarious stand-up comedian. Uh, Dan is the co-creator of Peabody Award-winning Netflix show American Vandal, and is most impressively, you currently hold the second highest score at Pac-Man at the Dave and Buster's in Hollywood. Oh, no. Is that very, confirmed? This is a very complicated issue. At one point, I was <laughs> the third place. Okay. But to be honest, part of the reason I was third place at such a popular Dave and Buster's location is because I did that within the first few weeks. Mm, that being said, wow. it was an excellent score. But I was at Dave and Buster's last Saturday. I, I can't tell you if it was there or not. I don't think it was. So, wow. But can we say that at one point I was the third we place? We can. Well, yeah. listen, I've also established that anything we say on this podcast just because if we say it as a fact, mm-hmm. it is a fact. Yeah. It's, well, yeah. I, I appreciate that. I am number one at a sub shop in Pittsburgh. I forget the name of the sub shop. Wow. If you go to Pittsburgh and you go to like a respected, well-liked sub shop, forget the name, I am number one. <laughs> okay. So do you yeah. seek out Miss Pac-Man wherever you go? Like. Yeah. Whatever state you're in. <laughs> yes. Both Mr. and Miss Pack. I am slightly better at Mr., but I'm really trying to improve my Miss. And uh, I do. I do. If I'm at a bar or a restaurant that has it, that's the way like I can put my mark on that town. That's amazing. Yeah. Got it. Look for it. Nationwide, yeah. guys. <laughs> Very impressive. Uh, and today you're here to talk to us about a really important moment in your television watching career, yes. I guess we'll say, uh, on who wants to be a millionaire? Which is so satisfying to say. That was really good. Thank that was you. Very good. <laughs> Thank you. Like you could do the daytime version of it for sure. It's only a daytime show at this point. And yeah, right. Yeah. And now isn't it hosted by Chris Harrison of The Bachelor? I believe that is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's had a few iterations, but I think he and I. I hear good good things. Mm. Yeah. So tell us how you came to the show, you know, who got you started. I know I used to watch with my family when I was a kid. That was like probably one of the first appropriate television programs for the whole family, for yeah. all of us. Um, what What's your journey to Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Well, it was very family friendly in a way that didn't feel like it was catering to be family friendly. Um, it, they just didn't swear or say anything controversial. So it was mm-hmm. naturally like, and when I say family, it wasn't just, it was my immediate family, but also my, my grandmother loved it, my aunts. And so this was a very uh, uh, family community experience for us. The cool thing about early Who Wants to Be a Millionaire is that it was not, um, it did not have a weekly slot. It was it was a two week or like two and a half week um, every night chunks that that they showed this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so that, it almost had the effect of like the Olympics. Mm. It's like, you know when the Olympics are on and you're like, what, do you, what are we watching tonight? Oh, well, we should probably watch the Olympics because it's special and it's only going to be here for two weeks. So yeah. I end up- And we can all agree it's interesting to watch. It's yeah. very interesting to watch. So like, but I think the, um, the, uh, the charm of something only being there for a limited time it made it appointment watching for my family and I. Right. Um, now that I'm thinking back about it, 
I, I don't know how I enjoyed it as a child because I certainly didn't understand any of the answers to the questions. <laughs> yeah. um, but it must have been stimulating for our parents to sit there with us and be like, okay, this is something other than Rugrats and <laughs> or they're entertained. For, they know money is being won or whatever. Yeah. But um, And did you, let's see, do you want to get into specifically, I heard, I haven't heard this story and I haven't seen it online. So I'm excited for you to tell the story of this one contestant for the first time to oh, us. I hope it's viewable somewhere online because it's just too classic of a moment not to be. But um, I do forget the man's name, and that's easily Googleable, <laughs> uh, which should have been done before I sat down and talked about it. It's going to be great. <laughs> so, But I'm not going to look it up now. That's unprofessional. Mm. So uh, anyways, I think it took for the first two chunk, what do we want to call that? The first two uh, who wants to be a millionaire chunks, it was the one, <laughs> one was uh, over the summer, another was like in the fall, and then they took a long break to the next one. Mm-hmm. I'm probably not telling this accurately, but it, the point of this is that it, it, it no one won the million for a while. Right. Um, and uh, people got close, but typically the way uh, a, a round would, would go with one person is they'd kill it for the first five questions that gets you to a thousand at a thousand dollars. You are, that's, that's what you're going home with at minimum. And at the time I thought that, well, I mean, that would be a life changer. Just right, getting right, right. to a thousand. Yeah. yeah. Um, you have three lifelines um, because mm-hmm. I think this is a change over time, but the original three lifelines were phone a friend, right. uh, 50, 50, mm-hmm. which eliminates two of the answers, making it easier for you to select and ask an audience or ask the audience right. get the poll, everyone watching. Uh, the live audience. So usually uh, a good contestant would get to, I believe what would be the $32,000 mark. That's, that's the final, you're leaving home with at least this mark, the the final safe haven. At that point it doubles until you get to the million and people would have to make some tough decisions because you'd usually run out of your lifelines. You're like, do you go for gold, the million or do you, or do you usually they couldn't get to the million or they'd fail tragically, um, because they were just out of lifelines and, and took a stab at it and, mm-hmm. and failed. So And we love that. It, That's in good a way. TV. America <laughs> loves America loves to root for watching heartbreak. <laughs> yeah. So this one uh, famous man whose name I don't know okay. was on Who Wants Great to Be start. a Millionaire. And <laughs> he had a quiet confidence about him. Okay, wait, let me ask one yes. question. Approximately what year was this? Was this like OG who wants it? Like early odds? OG. Yeah. Okay. OG. Wow. Uh I be, the, the most specific I can get, I, there's got to be a better word than chunk, but I think it was the third I love that you're just committing to chunk. Of who wants to be a millionaire. <laughs> the third of many chunks, but um, probably the best chunk. Uh, <laughs> and so this guy uh, looks like stereotypically smart. Uh, right. Glasses. Um, he looked a little bit like me, but he looked smart. I was going to say, uh, Dan's describing himself, himself right now. Stereotypically very handsome looking and yeah. smart. I'd say glasses, sort of like dark a hair. Yeah. Sure. Extremely charming. Um, so he gets through most of uh, his his round with ease. He hits 1,000 easily. He hits 32,000 easily. He's got three lifelines left. So what was most exciting when he got to the final question Mm-hmm. was that, you know, I I never was smart enough to know the answer to the final questions, but I could at least strategize. Like, okay, 
you're going to want the order of lifelines you want to use. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's, I, I would recommend. So at this point he's got one question left and he's got three lifelines. So in my head, I'm like, okay, great. We'll do 50, 50 first. Right. Now mm-hmm. we're down to two yeah, choices. Yeah, yeah. That's going to make it way easier for your audience to, yeah, to yeah. chime in at with two answers as opposed to four. Mm-hmm. And if you had to phone a friend, giving them two options is, is also easier. I would go 50, 50 audience, then phone a friend. That's and he had, great. Yeah. he had the chance to do all three. Wow. Is that you? It's unique that people would have all three lifelines left what? at the last yes. question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd never seen that wow. before. Um, so this guy was a real whiz. And then uh, <laughs> <laughs> we look it up. His name is Dan Perel. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, so, anyways, he uh, he gets the question. He has a great poker face because I I can't tell whether he's baffled by the question or what, whether he knows it. And he goes very calmly to Regis Philbin. Uh, I'm going to phone a friend. Regis says. Who would you like to call? And um, that used to be better. I used to do it, Regis. It's <laughs> been a long time. Uh, Regis asks him who he wants to call. He says, I want to call my dad. And he calls up his father. Regis says, hello, we got your son here. He's got the million-dollar question, and he needs your help. <laughs> That's a that really, really good, good. Regis. <laughs> That's like 60% of what it can be. Okay. <laughs> um, but anyways, he says to his dad, hey, dad. I don't need your help. I just Whoa. wanted to call and tell you I'm about to win a million dollars because the correct answer is B, 7,000 feet from the sun or whatever it was. <laughs> um, and Regis goes, well, you heard it here first. He's got a million dollars. Oh, my I'm, God. And so just the badassness of... of That's um, so sick. Yeah. That's a mic drop before there were mic drops. Yeah. 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 No, the, it, he didn't... It, it wasn't why he couldn't have dropped it. So... Um, <laughs> It if was, you do you feel like cuz i my like fear hearing that story is that you'll <laughs> call your dad and you'll be like i'm so good i know the answer to this question mm-hmm. and say i don't need a lifeline waste your time for the lifeline cuz it's like you have mm-hmm. 60 seconds or 30 seconds or something to yep, talk to them yep, right it's a limited amount of time and yep. <laughs> you just jinx yourself <laughs> and you're like oh fuck no i should have just double checked like oh with my, my dad God. on the phone yeah. i don't know are you superstitious in that way so are, is your question basically if I were in his shoes? Would you do the same thing? If you were a thousand percent sure you knew this answer and if a it was million a Marvel dollars was question, on the line. Because well, you know Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> you had a million dollars uh, on the line. Would you still just run it by him just in case? Yeah. No, because if, if he had done that, there's no way people 20 years later would be talking about me on podcasts. Sure. Wow. So I think that like what the the fashion, the style in which he did that, the, the approach he took was iconic I think if he, if he was just the first millionaire, that this may not have stuck with mm-hmm. me. Um, I can tell you one other person who won the million, and the only reason I can tell you that is I watched it in our boiler room, and that made it memorable. But the person wasn't <laughs> memorable. So if it weren't for the boiler room element, that wouldn't be a memory. <laughs> okay. Just just like. And when you say boiler room, so I'm from, <laughs> I'm from California. We yeah. don't have like a we don't have basements. Is that yeah. it's the same thing as a basement? We had two sides. I'm from of the SoCal. Basement. Right. Yes. yes. Okay. Not a lot of basements here. Right. We had in Northeast. We had at least my house had two sides to the basement. One was like kids' room, right. TV, toys, and stuff. The other side was boiler room. For some reason, we had a black and white. 60s TV in the boiler room, and for some reason, I watched this episode of Millionaire in the boiler room. So which when wasn't you say, healthy. when you say boiler room to me, I think of like the 80s film where people are running a scam through Wall Street. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, I like it's yeah. a boiler room. Like, oh god. 
Um, when you say boiler room, I think of the bottom deck of the Titanic and the movie The Titanic with everybody like churning bait. Yeah, <laughs> we do. If we do have a which crew is of people not what, constantly. that's what I was imagining. Is it or a boiler room because there's like a water heater? Yeah, oh, I, th- I don't okay. think it's called a boiler room. I just I, I that's the best that. thing I could. Okay, yeah, there's the like a giant water heater because yeah. yeah, I had a basement on the East Coast growing up, and we had one section that was like kind of scary because it had a big like water tank and like other types of creepy pipes and stuff that nobody ever tried to cover up. Were you by yourself when you did this? Were you alone? I was with my dad. I think we were, I think we were getting, let's say we were getting like Christmas decorations or something. We were doing something. (laughs) That was also our storage area. So like I could have called the storage part of the basement. Imagine the home alone scene where he's scared of the basement. That's what this looked like. Okay. So you remember this because it was a scary watching experience mostly. Um, It was just an unusual place to be watching it. Okay. And it is is my only true good black and white TV watching experience. What do we think happened there? Did your parents get in a fight or something? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Why are it, you forced that's a, to the basement? That's a juicier version of this. You yeah. can go with that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I I don't know. I uh, I I the best guess I have is we were we were mid chore like taking out decorations or something like that. Okay. Well, and you might have stopped because then you thought, oh shit, this guy's mm. about to win a million dollars. That's probably it. That's so you remember seeing two people specifically win the million yeah. in the time that you watched this show? Hmm. Those are the two that I recall. I know that years later, uh, I have two other mini memories of this show that mm-hmm. are, are relevant to the general story I'm telling here. And the general story I'm telling is that it's a very, it was a very good family viewing experience, which right. it seems like you agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a video game, uh, a PlayStation game version of this that we won the million on the PlayStation game. Wow. And all my extended family were helping out ask, answering the questions, which is mm-hmm. cheating. Wow. But, mm-hmm. um, but and special. It was special. And then years later, in the 10th anniversary, they had a, a show called Super Millionaire, and they did a $10 million prize. Wow. Wow. Was, was that people who had previously done well on the show? Oh, like a, like an all-star? Yeah. Um, or was uh, it just like extra lucky people who get to win I think <laughs> 10 times people. more? But wow. they, like the person I'm referring to... Like he came back on the show at some point. Okay. I think it's okay for me. Like now I'm going to Google. Yeah, let's Google it. I want to know the million dollar question that he was so certain about. Oh, that's great. That's great. So I do have to say when Dan was originally telling me this story and just begging to get on this podcast because he knew he was just angling to get on and he told me the story and I thought it was so great and it really made me crack up. We were there with Tony and Dan said, and then he got the answer, which was... 7,000 miles from the sun or whatever, which is exactly how Uh you told it just now. And both Tony and I were cracking up, but for two very different reasons. Because I thought it was like such an impressive and good story. And then Tony was like, that's so so ridiculous. Nothing is 7,000 miles away from the sun. (laughs) You'd be on fire. He like was such a dumb smart ass about it. He was like, actually, Dan, that's impossible. And I was like, that's so not the point of the story. And as you were leading up to it now, I was like, he's going to say the same thing. And I really want the exact answer to be like a song or something yeah. that's called 7,000 Miles from the Sun. Um, I really hope that. Okay, here we go. Okay. Oh, oh. Uh, first of all, his name was, is, he's not dead, uh, John Carpenter. Okay. Ooh, Wait, I boring. have a French teacher in high school with the same name. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really hoping. Did he wear really expensive glasses. clothes? He had glasses. He was bald. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, he learned to teach, he learned, this is very sad, he learned to speak French because 
he fell in love with a French woman mm-hmm. who did not love him back. And then he took a job as a high school French teacher. And then told all his students about his love life. Yeah. Also, he was like in charge of the fencing team for a while. Oh, well, he sounds very cultured. What Monsieur life. Carpenter. Honestly, he sounds like a, a great bachelor. <laughs> I love that guy. Um, and anyone named John Carpenter. All right. So do you guys want to hear the question? And do you want to like answer it? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. We can answer it. All right. Which of these U.S. presidents? Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> appeared on the television series Laugh In. A. Oh, my God. My mom would know the answer to this question. She loves that you, show. I'm going to allow you to call your mom. For I that. don't even know. We should call my mom. I don't okay. <laughs> All right, but let me give you the uh, uh, it's multiple choice. A is Lyndon Johnson. B, Richard Nixon. C, Jimmy Carter. Or D, Gerald Ford. I, you guys know what laugh-in is. I think it's a genius question because not only do I not know what it is, but it sounds like it could be a show in any era. Like I'm picturing a quiz show type like 50s or 60s or it could have been in the 2000s. Okay, so in the actual situation, did he do like, okay, 50-50? No, he just went with it. He, he just he went knew, with he it. He knew the answer. And I have the answer here as well. I, uh, it's 7,000 miles from the sun. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> You guys um, can either go straight up and give me an answer, or you can uh, do you'll you have two lifelines. You can okay. go fifty fifty, and then one of you can call your mom. Wow, um, let's go fifty fifty because I think I know who it is. But if it gets eliminated, then we're really gonna have to call my mom, who yeah, actually uh, just had a little procedure done today. <laughs> so Great. she'll be so extra she'll be fun. Up. She'll be extra okay. fun. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to eliminate. C and D. So you are left with A, Lyndon Johnson, or B, Richard Nixon. Okay, okay. okay. I think I know who it is, but I also think we should call my mom. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Regis would ask you about your mom, like, and how is she with the president stuff? Like, he would ask you a question. She's pretty good with politics, um, but I know she specifically loves this show because it's a comedy show. And I want to say Lily Tomlin is in it. Oh, my God. It sounds just like the show. Can I, can I like answer? As like <laughs> She's going to be confused because she had something done today. Okay, so. You just talked to her. Hi. Hi, mom. Um, I'm recording my podcast right now and we're doing a simulation of who wants to be a millionaire and I'm using you as my lifeline for the million dollar question. Are you ready? I have 30 seconds to ask you this question. No, because I still am on medication. I know. I said you had, you know, a little situation today, so you're going to be extra fun on the podcast. <laughs> Okay, you ready? You're going to know the answer. You're going to, oh shit. (laughs) Okay, you're going to know the answer. Ready? Which of these two presidents were on the show laughing? Is it A, what's the first answer? Lyndon Johnson. Lyndon Johnson or B, Richard Nixon? Nixon. That's what I thought too. All right, thanks mom. I'll talk to you in a bit. Bye. Bye. Is it Nixon? You just won a million dollars. That's what I thought well it was done. originally because well he was like the ma- the governor of California, the something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's about the right time yep. and all yep. of that. Wow. wow. And, you know, I was not even breathing. <laughs> I was like so. And I was like, it's probably Nixon, right? Yeah. Wow. Wow. That so was some millionaire drama that. right there. That really was. It's such a good, it's a smart show. It Is makes that sense. a good in-home game? Like have, how have they not done that yet where you, where you, you have the option to call your family? And you could just do it with cards. I think this should be a card game for sure. Yeah. 
Now no one answers the phone. I was so happy when she answered the phone. I know. My mom doesn't even answer the phone. She'll text me back. I also feel guilty that she was sleeping, but, you know, maybe she'll listen to the episode and it'll be like a memory of our relationship forever. I think it's perfect. I think she nailed it. I love that you were like, she might be on medication. She was like, I'm on medication. (laughs) Poor mom. She's okay. Everything's fine. Just a minor, minor thing done today. Wow. Um, wow. Well, I feel like that's kind of an easy question for who wants to be a millionaire, yeah, right? For, for the, the million dollar question. question. Yeah, yeah. Lucky him. Yeah. Um, is there, I'm speaking of, so this does make me want to ask, one of my favorite movies ever is a quiz show. Oh, and yeah. that is based on the true story of the, one of the first game shows in the 50s being, they like literally Congress uncovered them for cheating, basically. Mm-hmm. And they were planting people they wanted to win and encouraging other people to lose. What? How would you feel if you found out that this was perhaps something that was staged by Who oh, Wants staged. to Be a Millionaire? Because at the time you're telling us that not a lot of people were winning it and he won it yeah. in such a really phenomenal way. It's kind of conceivable to me that it could have been fake. Yeah, yeah. Um, Would that make you feel sad? It made me feel sad because I want to believe in most reality. In all reality TV that I watch, I want to believe that it is majority reality to some extent. Mm. If it is pure scripted, what are we doing? Yeah. Yeah, Then it's just scripted TV. That's how I feel too. Like people try to say that the housewives aren't real and that Vanderpump is my therapist keeps trying to tell me the housewives aren't real. I'm like, this is the only thing I love. So what, why are you taking it from me? I don't need this. This is is a form of therapy secondary to you when I run out of health insurance. So um, yeah, I agree with you. It's like, we might as well buy into the medium. I am right. certainly inclined to think that this, especially this, is real. But I think I, I couldn't help but wonder once it was like, wow, what a perfect storm of things. But that happens in real life, you know? Which brings me to my next question I was going to ask you. Yes. Um, since you write and you are a creative type and an actor, if you were to do this scene, like if you were just going to have like a fun short over the weekend where your friends came and you like recreated it, mm-hmm. what about it would you change? Would you use the exact dialogue as is and kind of present yourself the same way that he did? Or is there something that could have been different about him as a character that would have been more interesting or more likable? Or do you think it's just a perfect TV moment? Well, if we were doing the movie version of this, um, I'm going to take a page from Slumdog Millionaire's book, which is like the best drama is the host speaks to the contestant behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So it would require a major scene with Regis Philbin. (laughs) And and I have not thought this out, so this might be terrible. No, I love it. But maybe maybe they are in the green room. And he says, listen, kid, you got, you you know, gumption, whatever. You're you're good at this game. But you know what? It, t- it takes more to be good. I, I'm 80 years old. You got to be special <laughs> to be to really be special, kid. I'm going to go out there and be host. You be special. And then I would do about eight rewrites on what I just said. <laughs> but the point of Re- the point that Regis is trying to make is like, listen, you could win the million dollars or you can be a legend. Don't just win the million dollars. Do something beyond. Wow. You're, wow. Yes. You, yes. No, this makes so much sense. That's great. Don't just win it. Be a legend. He's really yeah. upping the stakes. You had, we told you that we wanted you to come on our podcast celebrating reality TV. Mm-hmm. And you said that you had a, a interesting story that you wanted to share that kind of relates to reality TV. I guess I got two. I'll make one of them short. I have, uh, I like uh, dating shows. Uh, like my, my favorite era would be like 
mid-2000s MTV dating shows mm-hmm. I love. Mm. Um, during this time, I was on two dating shows. And um, I don't think you could find – they weren't huge, big, popular shows. Um, but I regret both appearances. <laughs> you were on as a contestant? Yeah. I was like, you're not on as like a PA or something? You were on as a contestant wow. on two reality dating shows. Okay. And you regret both. Yeah. Get into it. One of them was I, w- I would have been probably 24 when, okay. I, got, when I went on uh, the second one. I'll tell the first one after the second one. The second one's a worse story, so I'll start with the worst story. <laughs> Perfect. All right, so the, the second one I went on was a reality show in which you're supposed to go up to uh, the door of a mansion, knock on the door, give some sort of a pickup line, and then hopefully the <laughs> lovely lady inside lets you in and you go on a date. Now, in theory, that's a watchable show. I would watch that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I can tell you it wasn't real reality because um, my my exit was predetermined. <gasps> oh, um, So I came up. So I was, I was uh, directed by a uh, uh, AD or a PA, um, whatever it was. He said, go walk up to the door, say your, look at the camera, say your line, and then walk away. And I'm like, oh, so I just walk away no matter what. Like, what if she says yes? He goes, no, just walk away. Oh, no. So I gave my line. I worked really hard on my line. I got 50 bucks for this. Wow. And I worked really hard on my line. I bust to this location because I didn't have a car at the time. Wait, I'm sorry. The extras in the show are probably getting paid more than 50 bucks. Okay, keep going. It's it's below like non It's like illegal. Yeah, that's just illegal. Said my pickup line that I worked two hours on. He goes, he, is, he says, great, leave. Wait, what was the pickup line? I don't know. Oh, In fact, no. I, I hope, I, I, I have no idea what it is, but I'm totally fine with this not being discoverable anywhere. Okay. Um, so uh, at that point, I go back to the um, uh, holding area and I look around and not to be mean, but my first thought was everyone here looks and acts kind of goofy <laughs> and not really that sexy. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, no. oh, I was casted for the losers. Uh-huh. This I was, was going to say, it's like when you go into a hallway for an audition and it's like, oh, no, there's 10,000 of me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah except yeah, it was 10,000 losers. It's not a good feeling. Yeah. yeah. No, I wouldn't want to see the worst version of myself yeah. Yeah. all in a holding room together. So that was a real down moment. Oh, wow. Dan. Well, look at you now. Thank yeah. You. Thank you. Fuck you, MTV. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other dating thing, uh, I, I need a little background on this. Uh, I would have been 19 when this one was shot. And uh, I was doing a sketch comedy at my college. Uh, there was a big comedy community um, at my school, and uh, I didn't quite fit in at the time. And I uh, was still kind of figuring myself out, both as a writer and person, but uh, I decided to do this dating show that was shooting locally and pretty standard. It was just, you know, you go on, it, it was a blind date show. There was a lot of those back then. This was just a knockoff blind date show. Where was locally here or oh, in Pittsburgh? In Boston, oh, Boston. in Boston. Okay, yeah, yeah. cool. Um, so I go on this date. It doesn't go that well, but also like I did something, uh, I put on like a, a personality that wasn't really me because I didn't know a, I was trying to be funny. B I was trying to be like, Mm -hmm. this was, this was my third date period. Like I hadn't, I hadn't dated before. So third date was being, (laughs) was on camera. Oh no. So 
Do you guys watch The Office and yeah. know, um, I think it's, he calls himself Date Mike, Steve Carell, um, mm-hmm. Michael, uh, uh, sorry. Scott. Michael Scott. Yeah. He decides when a woman is into him, he puts on this like douchebag persona because mm-hmm. they oh, they're going to, that's what they're into. Mm-hmm. I did like a version of that where I like, I wasn't being a dick, but I was playing a little too cool for school. Uh-huh. And I said some pretty corny thing. <laughs> and... Um, they edited it in a way that made it look like I, I wasn't paying attention to our dinner, and that's probably partially too, true for a moment or two. Uh, I was super self-conscious. Anyways, it was a bad date. Um, did you like her? Were you attracted to her? Did she was what? How did you feel about her? I think that she was attractive, but there wasn't like a, a that was not a connection. Not a lot I, of connection. I can I can ob- objectively say that she was pretty. She didn't think I was pretty. Um, <laughs> and so maybe that, and, and that was clear. Um, and uh, she also lost her Invisalign at one point. Oh, oh wow. And that went in the trash. So we had to like, that actually didn't get on camera. That was probably the funniest part was us searching for her Invisalign. Why yeah. would you bring your Invisalign? Fuck Boston. Why would you bring <laughs> your Invisalign to uh, tape a show? Like leave mm. it at home. What are you doing anyway? Yeah. So anyways, um, my comedy friends think this is so funny and dumb that I did this. They put together um, a montage of all my like best or worst moments, depending on how you consider it. And they played it at like the most attended event um, <laughs> on campus, this big comedy show. And I look like the biggest dick. And I'm like, oh my God, everyone, like no one really liked me to begin with. Like I was still trying to find my way <laughs> oh, in and like, no. this is just going to ruin me. And then all the older comedy kids after the show came out to me and were like, dude, you are a genius. They're like, dude, we hate women. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So to be specific, I was being a dick in a way that was like, I wasn't being a dick. I was just being weird and just like a little standoffish. They thought you were like Nathan Fielder or something. They thought thought it was like... A purposeful performance I'm going to go make this girl (gasps) so uncomfortable. Wow. (laughs) You're like, no, no, that's just naturally how I date women. (laughs) And so I was just naturally weird. um, And they're like, that was so funny how you just put on that character and went to an actual reality show and did that. And I'm like, "Uh, yep, that's what I did. Uh And that's not what I did. I was just naturally awkward. Wow. That's so great. Did they give you $50 for that one too? I got a free dinner out of that one. That's nice. That was that was. That's probably worth more than fifty bucks, dinner. honestly. It was yeah. the on-camera yeah. dinner was free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh no, Dan! And just to clarify, <laughs> just just to clarify, I would categorize my be- behavior as more awkward than dickish. There was just no. Yeah. I said one thing in my testimonial, not to her, that could have been considered like, "Oh, I hate this guy," but for the most part, I just came off as awkward. That's fine. Also, if you were a dick when you're 19, 19 and you're like dating on camera, that's totally <laughs> fine. I mean, everyone's just trying to figure it out, you know? Yeah. I would love to know what that girl, how she describes it now. I wonder if she, because you're just like, yeah. well, she was pretty, but she was like clearly not into me. I wonder if she's like, he was cute, but not, he was weird. Well, first but- of all, in her testimonial, she said he has no game. Oh. <laughs> do you think so, you have game now? What do you think? How have you grown since um, then? <laughs> uh, okay. 25-year-old me would say I have game, and then 30-whatever-I-am-now-me 
would say, <laughs> let's not call it game anymore. Mm-hmm. That's, That's the ultimate game. Wow. wow Dan. Uh, You've learned too much. Um, so uh, anyways, but you had a question about like, you know, what, are, what is your take on it now? We actually kept in touch on MySpace. Wow. <laughs> um, and she was down to shoot like a sequel video. Because I told her like, oh, this was a hit at my school. And so like people would want to see us maybe do another follow-up. And she was like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. Wow. And I think it just didn't happen. And it just didn't happen. Hmm. Um, See, I'm just saying it might be interesting to ultimately hear her perspective. It sounds like she didn't hate it that much. Uh, Her name was Jasmine. I don't know what her last name was. Um, She, and also MySpace is now uh, defunct or like, I don't know if Mm -hmm. I can access my old messages. I don't think so. No, Mm -hmm. we would have to find her. We could do it. Rhode Island. She lives in the smallest state in the country. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. See, we're off to a great start and has yeah. a unique name. Yep. Well, that's so exciting, Dan. I can't believe I didn't know that about you already. Mm-hmm. Try, try not to talk about it too much. And I, and I hope that, you know, it's a cha- it was a nice chapter that I'm very happy is closed. No more dating shows for me. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also, Jasmine, if you're out there, yeah, reach out. Reach out to us. Table Flipping so Pod on Instagram. Ha- <laughs> You'll be our next guest. <laughs> yeah. I'd be happy to talk to her again. I just don't know. This is going to be a very hard task tracking her down. <laughs> help us, internet. Yeah, the internet will help us. It'll be fine. Uh, thank you so much for coming today. Thank you, guys. And yes. this is the fun part where we ask you if you have anything you want to plug or tell the people. Oh, yeah. The the frustrating thing is I have a, a lot of things that are almost pluggable, but right. just we can't mm-hmm. quite talk about them yet. So what can I – you know what? Uh, it, it's it's a Thanksgiving season. I'm going to uh, just say I'm thankful to be on the show and to be with my friends. And then I'll plug my brother's show, which is the Section 10 podcast, which is my personal favorite podcast. Cool. P- podcast. You guys are second place right now. Oh, you might you, you. you might overtake wow. him. You might it's early right on. Here, so they have a lot on. of room to grow, you yeah. know. And you said Section 10 podcast. Yes. What is yeah. that about? Uh, it, it is a baseball podcast. Oh, cool. Did. But it's, it's comedic as well. They talk about the Red Sox and they do a lot of jokes. Um they just posted something today where they're they're talking to a dog for part of their podcast. Which oh, actually, see, wow, speaking of great minds, you guys, we do have a a pup in the pod today who's just been so comfy and cute. He's oh. very sleepy. Very he sleepy. Is. Yeah, we put this is how entertaining <laughs> we are. We I know. Put people to sleep. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, Thanks, thank Dan. you guys.